When we begin to give ourselves permission to believe what Jesus said and modeled in this area, we're set free. We really are. Evangelism is no longer an icky, like weird and fearful task that we well, we're supposed to be, you know, doing. Discipleship is moved out of the classroom and it incorporates the gospel in all of life. Inviting people to walk in the ways of Jesus with you and your family and your community while the gospel is proclaimed and lived out. See, that accomplishes Jesus' full command. And I just want to tell you, the pressure is off, my friend. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Okay, so good to be here with you. As always, loving it. If you are a really you know, tight follower of the podcast, and you like cue this thing up early Monday morning, you might have been wondering, hey, where's my new Everyday Disciple podcast? And that's because I'm doing a special edition today, which actually, I'm pretty excited to tell you, is going to be a four-part thing that I'm going to give you all week long. So that's why if you're hearing this later and going, hey, this is a little later than normal, well, that's why. But um, if you didn't know anything about it, you can just disregard what I just said, (laughs) okay? Anywho, um, here's what's going to happen. This week, as you've probably been hearing, I'm doing the Everyday Disciple Challenge, the Scattered Church Edition, and uh, which is amazing. I can't even believe how many people <laughs> have signed up to do this with us. This is amazing. Maybe you did as well. Maybe when you're even hearing this, you're like, yeah, I just heard day one, because guess what? What you're about to hear is day one of the Everyday Disciple Challenge. Uh, challenge training, right? And we're going to talk about what is discipleship and what's the difference between that and evangelism is there and how do they work together? And uh, and I'm going to tell you a lot of stories of how this works in community and all of that. And then, then uh, you're going to hear that audio. I'll come on back at the end, give you a couple other thoughts. But then throughout the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to give you parts two, three, and four of the challenge as well. So if you heard it and you're doing it with us live, woohoo, way to go. You can still sign up at everydaydisciple.com forward slash challenge. And that way I send you replay links of the videos and all that stuff and a bunch of other goodies, right? Make sure you get homework. And anyway, so, but uh, I'm going to give you the audio so that you can listen to these either again, or if you didn't sign up because maybe it wasn't a good time for the live training, now you can hear all the training and, um, you know, not miss out, right? So here we go. I'm going to dive right in and you'll understand, you'll hear that I'm kind of live and talking to people that, you know, were right in front of me, uh, you know, live in Facebook. But uh, here's your special audio version of it. And I hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you at the end. All right. Well, I listen, I know you're all super busy, so I'm going to get rolling on this. I just wanted to say hi. I'm going to go about 30 or 40 minutes today. I don't know. We'll see how it goes, how many stories Um, I get into. I can tend to tell a lot of stories. Um, And I'll stick around longer to answer questions for anybody who wants to ask questions. And uh, I'll try to, you know, pull them up here in the, uh, you know, in the window and, uh, and answer them. I'll stick around as long as forever, but I'll try to have the main content and get to your homework 
before, you know, in around 30 or 40 minutes, okay? So my goal is today, you're gonna leave encouraged and you're gonna have some next steps and like Doug invited you to do, please, please watch all the days, like really do, prioritize this. If it's not in your calendar, man, please do, put it in your calendar, just like a little appointment for about a half hour for the next, you know, three days and, and do a little bit of homework. Um, there's gonna be prizes like crazy this week just for doing the homework. I'll tell you more about that when I hand out the homework, but really I've, I've tried to up that like prize game, you know, sort of rewards for doing the homework. Um, but, but you are definitely in the right place, um, and, and this is going to be worth your time today, if you're experiencing uh, a lot of shift in your church life, <laughs> right? A lot of different ways of meeting and Zooming and live streaming and scatteredness. You're in the right place if that's you. Um, or you're in the right place if you're trying to lead your church into some new discipleship rhythms and ways to be the church and community. You're absolutely in the right place. Uh, you're in the right place if you're leading a community group or a small group, and you know you're like, well, we've kind of always done the sermon notes and gotten together, but now it's all so different, and half the people are live and half the people are on Zoom. This is going to be super helpful for you to still bring action and discipleship, actual dis gospel and all of life stuff to your community. You're also in the right place if you're just watching because you want to live more like a disciple in everyday life, which is a whole bunch. That's everybody, right? Doesn't matter. If we're leading or not, we got to be living it. We got to be living it. So you are completely in the right place today, and especially if you fit into any of those categories. And this is going to be, I think, a really good time for you. Okay. Now, Tina and I, we've been in church a really long time. I've been in my whole life, been part of the church since before I was born. And, uh, and we really enjoy uh, that. I mean, it's amazing, right? And we, people, because we, talk a lot about life and community and making disciples that way. They assume, no, they're not into that. No, we are totally into the church gathered. You need to be. Um, and yet, uh, we believe the six days and 22 hours a week that we're not kind of together or <laughs> now maybe together just watching a stream or whatever in all kinds of new ways. Um, those six days and 22 hours are, are just ripe with opportunity, right? And so that's, that's really what we're going to be talking about today. And I want, I want you to know that um, we, I've been a serial church planner. Tina and I have helped plant several churches personally that we led and, you know, helped lead with a team. But then by God's grace for like the last couple decades have been out sharing how to start communities of faith with believers and not yet believers that are coming to faith and then multiply that into new gatherings and congregational life and new communities and all that. So we've done this in every imaginable context. And so, um, you know, maybe you're like us where you got kind of tired of asking the same questions, like, are we really making disciples with a weekend only thing? Is discipleship able to happen sort of one directional that way? Or maybe you're kind of tired of asking, we're doing the small group thing because we're supposed to, but, and it's great. I mean, we've got some deep friends, but are we making a difference in our neighborhoods? Do our neighborhoods look different six months, a year, five, 30 years later? You know, we've got some really good friends that we've been coaching for a couple of years now that are quite a bit older than us. And they are embracing this whole like everyday discipleship, lifestyle discipleship. And they've been in the same house, same, you know, uh, neighborhood for over 30 years. And in the last several months, in a year and a half or so, they said it's completely changed. The whole neighborhood, our relationships, the way everybody's interacting, people leaning into faith and walking with Jesus, all that stuff. And these are people who are like full-time ministry, like super serious, right? So, you know, maybe some of that's you, right? Or us together. So anyway, just 
you know, this is going to be such a big time, I think, and, and really help in so many ways. I'm going to switch over now and I'm going to share my screen um, and, and be walking you through some slides and graphics and different things. Feel free to do screen grabs or whatever you want to do. And, uh, and, and I'm just going to do that. And let me go ahead and do that. And then I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep on moving. All right. And I am going to uh, just turn off myself to get out of the way of the corner. I'll come back and forth now and then for sure. Okay. So today, yeah, we're going to be talking about what is discipleship. That's going to be ultimately the big jam. And uh, let me just first tell you a little bit about me and my family, because here you are, and some of you know us and know me and Tina and Team K, but not all of you do. So um, Team K is what we call our family. It's what we, uh, ref, you know, like really affectionately and a lot of people refer to us as Team K, Kalinowski, right? And, uh, and by the way, Tina's going to be on with us later th this week in the training and you're going to get to meet her and all. But there we are. There's our three kids. This is a few years ago when Kristen got married. Um, and uh, they're all a little bit older than this, right? That's my family crest. Being a part of Team K is a big deal. <laughs> we love it. Um, and, uh, you know, let me just tell you, as a family, like I said, I've been in church my whole life, but, um, and we've raised our kids in the church and in the faith. And by God's grace, they still love Jesus and they love people today. And they're having lots of babies and I love it, right? Um, but years ago, years ago, when we were first starting to try to raise our kids, you know, we were like, hey, this is amazing. And we were involved in everything you could be, but we were like, but how do we talk about this? in ways that don't seem weird to people in everyday life with our friends and, and neighbors and all that. And is this really all there is, is sort of an hour and a half on Sunday and maybe a midweek dealio, um, or is there more? And little by little, we started getting where we knew, like, gosh, what we were doing on the weekend stuff wouldn't make sense to our friends who weren't believers or neighbors, but they were leaning into us. And you know, we also weren't sure how to talk about faith in super tangible ways. In other words, we didn't have a lot of gospel fluency just yet. But we knew there had to be more, right? There had to be more to this life. And over time, as, as I started going on, like, overseas missions trips and being with the church, the people that were the church, they had nothing. They didn't have buildings. They didn't have money or projectors or how about homes or food most of the time? Because I, I was like in Sudan and Burma and during war zones and all. But they were the church and they were beautiful. And oh, I was like, oh, I want to live this way. And I started noticing that they, their lives as the church looked so much like the book of Acts in the early church. Like it really did. But then I'd come home and we were, and I was like, I was on staff and we were like putting on a big, huge service. I was ahead of production. So, you know, it's like lights, camera, action, cue camera three, smoke up, all that, you know. And, uh, and, and we were like increasingly wanting to live like we experienced overseas, but also what we saw in the book of Acts. And we wondered, could we possibly do that? And the answer is yes. Can we live like we live on a missions trip every day? Is that possible? It really, really is possible. And we started to live that way. And over time, we realized that the gospel transforms all of life. And not only could we have rich weekend gatherings together, <laughs> but we could scatter. And, and we could scatter throughout the week. And sometimes even on the weekend, because our friends wanted us to be with them. And we know they were leaning into faith. And so we might even skip a gathering. Oh, you know, <laughs> the horror. <laughs> but we would. And we saw people starting to come to faith in Christ and walk in his ways in everyday life, right? Okay, so um, 
let's let's uh, let let me move on and and kind of get to the meat of today's training. That's a little bit about us, and hopefully, um, you know, we're going to get to know each other really, really well in the days ahead. Now, um, as I start to even lean into discipleship, I want to talk a little bit about evangelism. Okay, the thought of going out and evangelizing people or doing outreach can seem like something scary and really uncomfortable to a lot of people. And most folks I know would prefer to avoid it altogether. And, and none of us love this bullhorn guy here, right? You know, the guy who stands on the street and hollers at people to repent and is really icky and weird. And, you know, like, and I'm all for proclamation, even out in the streets, but you know, not the, not the weird, like, I don't know anybody. I don't live around here. I'm just angry kind of person. Right. But that's what most people think of when they think of evangelism or, you know, they have to be up on a stage like Billy Graham, who's wonderful, but they, you know, I can't do that. And so they, they're very uncomfortable with it. And truthfully, I think that many or most Christians don't share their faith with any regularity because they somehow know that they're not all that fluent in the gospel. And I'm going to talk a lot in the days ahead about the difference between Bible literacy, you know, like a head full of Bible stuff, and gospel fluency, this ability to speak and live and enjoy the gospel in all of life, okay? And I think most people know like, hey, the way I understand and the pastor talks about faith makes sense to me, but if I talk about it that way to my not yet believing friends or like the bullhorn guy, then uh, that ain't going to go good. So people don't say much, you know? What they have to say doesn't necessarily come out sounding like good news, and Almost no one I know sets out to look and sound stupid or be rejected, right? Not so much. And so that's why I think people avoid it. They avoid evangelism. And hold on, because you're going to see how this all fits into discipleship. But, but how will anyone come to trust, you know, the Lord, right? What does is, what is Romans 10 tell us? But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And, and how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells him? right? We know that's, we know that's true, but we've somehow made that about from a stage or through a bullhorn or in some canned presentation, but we don't see Jesus doing a whole lot of that. So it can't mean that exactly. It must mean something like that because here's what's interesting. Jesus command in Matthew 28 was actually to go and make disciples who make disciples. Not super much mentioned about this kind of evangelism or stand up in front of a crowd, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the, of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Not much mentioned about evangelism, at least the way we have traditionally understood it. So which is it? Which is more important than discipleship, because that's what Jesus commanded us, or evangelism? Well, let's take a look. For many of us, we see evangelism as what happens, meaning the words, events, activities that brings us or others to the point of belief or faith, right? That's what we would say. That's what evangelism. It's the words or events or activities that bring someone to the point of faith and belief. Now, in contrast, we usually understand discipleship to be the process for growth in our Christian life or sanctification after we've come to faith, right? That's kind of how we usually do it. So evangelism gets us in the door, and then the work of discipleship begins. 
So traditionally, it looks something like this. Evangelism leads to a point of conversion, right? And then we'll get to the work of discipleship. Except for, okay, dirty little secret here. We know that our family, the church, has not done a great job of discipleship in the, in the decades <laughs> uh, that precede us here today, right? They just, they don't a whole lot. And we're not sure why always, and there's a lot of reasons, but and that we're going to start clearing that up today. But right, this is how we've traditionally looked at it. Evangelism comes to a point of conversion, and, and then we disciple people, right? But let me ask, are we doing this whole thing out of order? You know, another word for faith is belief. And the Bible clearly teaches us that all sin comes from not believing what is true about God. We see that in Romans 14, 23. All sin comes from not believing the truth about who God is and what he's done in Christ and what he says to be true of us. Now, discipleship, or like I said, what is sometimes called sanctification, is the process of moving from unbelief to belief about what is true of God in the gospel in absolutely every area of life, okay? Absolutely every area of life. I'm going to talk more about that, okay? Jesus described it this way. He said, if you hold to my teaching, then you were really my disciples. Okay, pretty clear, right? Pretty clear. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. But look what he says there. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Wow. That, that's a huge then. Obviously, I underlined that, so I didn't want you to miss it. If, you, if you'll walk in my ways, you know, be my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In Jesus' view... This whole thing with people starts with learning to follow him, becoming his disciples, living in his ways. And as we enter that process, and as a result of it, our lives are transformed, and we're set free from guilt and shame and the weight of sin. And we start to experience spiritual freedom and relational peace with people. That's what discipleship's all about. According to Jesus, we are discipled to the truth that sets us free. Are you catching this? I mean, when I saw this, you know, we love this verse, the truth will set you free, but when you just look at the beginning, if you'll be my disciple, if you hold to my teachings, then you're my disciple, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But in my experience, we've done this whole process backwards. I know I did for years. We expect people to first believe what we tell them is truth, and by the way, every Christian believes the exact same thing. <laughs> Not. <laughs> wink, wink. And then next, so first they have to believe what we tell them is true. And next they have to say the magic Jesus in their heart prayer to be saved. That prayer that we don't see Jesus ever doing, won't find in Scripture anywhere. And then start, they get set free, and then we start to disciple them. But see, that's not what Jesus says here, nor is it what he modeled with his life. He didn't. Did Jesus call his disciples to follow him and do life after they got saved? No, no way. He called them to walk with him. Come, follow me. Walk in his ways for three years as they came to know the truth, experience the kingdom in real time. This is what led to their transformation, their freedom. 
if you'll walk in my ways, be my disciple, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So then does what Jesus said in model actually look a little bit more like this? Discipleship leads to the truth of who God is and what he's done in your identity, what he says is true about you, and you get set free. It leads to freedom. I really believe it does. I really believe it does. This, and this changed everything for us. Once we saw what Jesus said and what he modeled, and we took it seriously. And this is really important too. Don't assume that the first move from unbelief to belief, remember I said discipleship is this process of moving from unbelief to belief in every area of life. Don't assume that the first move from unbelief to belief that happens in a person's life is always around the issue of their ultimate and utter sinfulness and their need for a savior. That's not necessarily everybody's first move, not the way Jesus did it. See, as we engage people and treat them like family, their first shifts in belief may be in the areas of trust and grace and God's abundant generosity as experienced through us and in community. How about that? What if that's the reality, right? And they're starting to make these movements from unbelief to belief, which is discipleship. And then they come to know the truth in the area of their identity, their family, their parenting, like provision and sin and repentance and all those things, right? I'll bet if we're honest with ourselves, our own faith journey had many shifts in belief about who God is and what he has done in and through his son, Jesus, before we came to believe that we needed saving from our own sinful, rebellious choices. I'll bet you really did. I'll bet people in your life helped you move from unbelief to belief in a lot of ways before you ultimately put your faith and trust in Jesus as Lord. This is what Jesus said would happen and what he modeled. So we see that whether we're talking about our own hearts or the hearts and lives of our friends and neighbors, the process of discipleship, right, evangelism in its truest sense, can begin long before a confession of faith, and then it continues throughout our entire lives. This is what it means, you know, to say that the gospel saves and sanctifies, and on it goes from there, right? I mean, look, look at this, right? There again, this is in scripture. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Hmm, that's big. In the same way that we come to put our faith in Jesus by hearing and experiencing the gospel in community, in real life, we also continue to grow and mature by the light of that same gospel. This is a lifelong process. It never stops, right? We're all moving from unbelief to belief still in our lives. And if you don't think you are, then just you know, look at your own life or ask your spouse, are you exactly like Jesus? <laughs> I'm not. I've been in faith for, you know, my whole life and I'm an old buck. But there's still areas of my life where I still try to take control. I try to live like God. I try to manage the knowledge of good and evil for myself. It's because I'm still living in unbelief in that area about who God is and who's not and, and what he's done through Christ and what's now true of us and our identity and authority and privilege 
See, when, and when I, when I finally embrace that, then I'll come to know the truth in that area and get set free, right? See, we're always in need of evangelism. In fact, discipleship can be simply understood as the ongoing evangelism or the ongoing gospeling of our hearts. That's what really discipleship and sanctification is. It doesn't happen accidentally. It's moving from unbelief to belief and then living in light of that truth. So maybe, in fact, what Scripture teaches most fully looks like this. Right? What if it looks more like that? That discipleship leads to transformation and then evangelism loops around because discipleship is evangelism and discipleship's the process of helping people move from unbelief to belief in the gospel in every area of life. See, it's my strong opinion experience that evangelism and discipleship was really never meant to be two separate activities or practices. It was never meant to be this separated. Like one thing happens, then you say this magic prayer, and then the other starts to happen. I don't see it in Scripture, and I'll tell you what, after living it the way Jesus commands it and models it, oh, it's transformational. Discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in the gospel in every area of life. There's no true discipleship without the gospel at the center of it. And if evangelism's about applying the gospel, the good news, to every area of life, then discipleship is happening. You see what I'm saying? So if the good news is being heard and experienced and being applied to all the million areas of our life, then you're being discipled. One is not accomplished, nor does it exist apart from the other. So you see, I mean, this is, this is transformational. This is powerful. When we begin to give ourselves permission to believe what Jesus said and modeled in this area, we're set free. We really are. Evangelism is no longer an icky, like weird and fearful task that we have, well, we're supposed to be, you know, doing. Discipleship is moved out of the classroom and it incorporates the gospel in all of life. Inviting people to walk in the ways of Jesus with you and your family and your community while the gospel is proclaimed and lived out. See, that accomplishes Jesus' full command. And I just want to tell you, the pressure is off, my friend. <laughs> All right? I'm just going to cue up my camera. The pressure is off. See, we're always in discipleship mode this way. If we are growing in our gospel fluency and we're inviting people to walk in the ways of Jesus with us, and they're increasingly moving from unbelief to belief, and so are we, in the gospel, in who God is, what he's done in and through Christ, what is now true of us because of that and how we get to live, that's the being set free part. We're also set free because we don't have to have this giant sales pitch, talk somebody into something we don't know how to say, they don't want to hear. Now we're always in discipleship mode as we live our lives and we invite people into the rings of our family, right? Capital F family, little F family, however you want to do it. The gospel is being applied to everyday life. Discipleship and evangelism has happened is happening simultaneously. It's amazing, right? It's, it's amazing. Okay, one more thing here. Let's see. How do I? Yep, I'm going to turn my camera back off. Um, so check this out. Um, i got to go back to my screen here. I want to say, here it is. Grab a screenshot of this. Discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to the belief, to belief, 
in the gospel in every area of life. See, there's no true discipleship without the gospel at the center of it all. And I want to say this, don't miss this. Please don't discount the discipling of the saints. See, I, I because I am a church planner at heart, I, I'm always thinking about, okay, who doesn't know? Who doesn't believe? Who doesn't walk with Jesus yet? But in my vast experience <laughs> over the years of being a believer um, and leading a family to know the truth and walk with Jesus and lots of other people, I, I realize that we can disciple, we can discount the discipling of the saints. See, most Christians have never been discipled. And I know that's probably a big reason why you're even here with me today. Right? Listen, what's, what's popping right now? What are you thinking? What are you thinking about? And what's starting to loosen up for you? Where are you getting set free? Yeah, good question about John 6. Is the Father drawing people? Absolutely. No one can come to the Father unless he's drawn, right? So guess what? I believe, and we're going to talk about it later in this week, that those are called people of peace. People that God is drawing, is drawing to us, right? And we're inviting to now walk in the ways of Jesus so they can see, taste, experience, hear the gospel in action. Those are people of peace that are leaning in. And we're going to talk a lot about that this week. That's another thing that takes the pressure all of this off. We don't have to go out and talk people into things that God's not already at work in their lives about. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Another question. How can we know when they come to belief? Well, the quite great question, how do we know when someone comes to belief? Because they start to live in light of that truth. And it's not just one belief. Remember, they're moving from unbelief to belief in absolutely every year of life. So for instance, when someone moves from unbelief to belief about like who's the ultimate provider, they start to live free when it comes to finances and provision and they become more and more generous. All right. Let me just see some of these other comments. Humble, allowing others to bless me. Yes, that's so, that's so key, Patrick. Um, being set free, yep. Yeah, this is helpful, answers a lot of questions I've been mulling over for years. Yeah, I know, for me too, sis, right? Yeah, that's pretty huge, right? The idea that we're not believing the gospel in every area of life. Isn't it crazy that we say this, right? Think about it, family, as Christians. I have put my hope and trust in Jesus for my eternal soul, but not for tomorrow. I'm totally freaking out and stressing out about my job right now. Or I'm totally stressing out and freaking out about my kids and their life and their choices. Like, in other words, God's sovereign over my afterlife someday. And I totally trust him. But I don't trust him for today or tomorrow. And I'm pretty much managed the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong for myself. See, we're all moving from unbelief to belief in yet so many different areas. It's amazing. It really is. Let me, um, let me share with you... Uh, a couple stories, okay, while you ponder this, okay, while you ponder this. Um, like, back to the idea of don't discount the discipling of the saints. Let me share with you what this can look like for you in community, okay? Um, several years ago, while well, we were first starting to live this way and figure this out and really start to believe what Jesus said and modeled about inviting people to walk in the ways of Jesus, uh, we were having lots of different sort of barbecues and gatherings in our communities and we were meeting on weekends too and all that, but we knew a lot of people had no interest in any of that. But we wanted them to move from unbelief to belief in some areas. And some of our guys got together and they were actually doing like a Texas Hold'em night, <laughs> okay? Now some of you, you'd say, well, I'd never do that or whatever, but they were, and, and this was like a regular occurrence 
and guys in our community were inviting friends of theirs that were, you know, not yet believers, or maybe they had been around church for a long time, but they're not really living out their faith. And there's this one guy who's one of my lifelong friends now, his name's Greg. And Greg had sort of been raised a little bit around the church and kind of kicked the tires and stuff, but he was kind of over it and he wasn't really living it, right? But he was wanting community, right? I think that's built in. And he was coming to these, uh, these poker nights, these Texas Hold'em poker nights, right? And over time, he started to move from unbelief to belief about who the church was, that God was really a loving father that was pursuing him, about his own need for salvation, all these different things about how community needed him. And you know what? He actually came to full faith in Christ and was a big part of our community and, and started walking the ways in more areas of his life, moving from unbelief to belief, right? Now, let me, it was crazy. He, he was way done with, quote, going to church and the way he was raised, but through community life and people just inviting him to walk in the ways with them, he moved from unbelief to belief in area after area after area. Now, let me tell you where Greg's at today. Greg, probably about 10 years ago, as I discipled him personally and in community, and I mentored him and all these, and so did lots of people, Greg has now been uh, the director of one of our um, sort of relief organizations that was deeply connected to our community called Network, where Network manages 32 or three um, low-income housing or transitional housing units, apartments and, and homes and things like this with families in them. Greg's the director of this. And he now has uh, this job of helping people move from unbelief to belief while they're helping them find housing and, and, and build, they have missional communities that have been built, connected to all these housing units. Right? Right? It's amazing. And he was done with it. But he, he walked in the ways of Jesus with a handful of people he could trust, build relationship with, Right. And now, I mean, his, I don't know. I can't even tell you how many people he's probably led to trust Christ and walk with him. He's one of my closest friends. Here's another guy. Here's another guy. I got to tell you about him. Okay. My buddy, uh, whoops, start my video there. Sorry. My buddy, uh, Ray, when we were first getting these communities going like this, Ray was probably 60, I'm guessing late fifties, maybe mid sixties, been around church forever, like super faithful guy. Right. And uh, he starts kind of leaning into this idea of life and community connected to our gathering and being the church, right? But he's an old guy, and he's kind of got his ways of doing things traditionally, and uh, fine, right? And he starts saying, hey, um, you know, how, do, how, how and when are we going to start going deeper? And so we discipled him and said, hey, as you read the Word of God, I want you to stop, like, stop just trying to like, race through it, read a little bit. Ask yourself, what are you learning to be true about God in there? What's he saying is true about you now because of Christ? And, and how do we get to live? And then I want you to take others and go do that this week. Just whatever you see, excuse me, that it looks like we're called to do and be based on what God has already done. Do that from scripture. Then come back, read a little more. Do that with some others in community. <laughs> okay? Ray was transformed. He said, I've never been fed deeper and I am not doing it alone. And other people now are coming to know the truth and start to get very, very interested in this. And we've had more gospel conversations with people than ever in, than me just having my quiet time and kind of like trying to get through all my chapters and call it good because that's what good Christians do, right? Ray ended up retiring from his long-term career early 
And he started running um, um, a shelter for men. And it was existed. It was a huge one in Tacoma here. And he started running that shelter and really giving his life, him and his wife, to their neighborhood and in community. And I was in initial community with them for years. See, don't discount the discipling of the saints and what you're kind of contemplating with all this scattered church stuff of like really helping people learn to walk in the ways of Jesus. And we're going to give you all kinds of little steps this week, how to help others do that and framework for that. Oh, my goodness. Don't discount that. Because those people's lives now, you know, you know, Jesus talks about the, the sower of the seeds and some seeds fall, you know, and just die and some fall on soil and, you know, they spring up, but then they dry up and then some produce some fruit, some produce lots of food, fruit. Both those guys, Greg and his wife and, and now Ray and his wife, they have been the multiple fruit. And they wanted to come from like, mm, not really into this at all. One was like, I was in my whole life, but I'm just so about, you know, what I've been doing and no one's ever discipled me. I want you to believe that this really, really can happen. This is big. <laughs> this is big. Okay. Here's something else I want you to really, I want you to really believe. Okay. Is that the kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationship. The speed of the kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationship and the gospel moves along the pathways of trust. Write that down. Screen grab that, right? Discipleship can and must happen in all of everyday life, just like Jesus did with his disciples. This is so big, okay? This is so, so big. And, and as if you'll do the homework this week, I'm going to give you very easy steps. If you'll do the homework this week and start to baby step into this, invite others to do it with you in relationship, you're going to see the kingdom of God expands at the speed of our relationship building and the gospel then moves along the pathways of trust that God is building with people, calling people that we're building over time because we're treating them like family, powerful and very, very different way of seeing things. Very different way of seeing things. Okay. Now, um, wow. I'm going to do a little recap here in a second. Before I do, I'm going to ask you again, if I, what are you thinking? What are you getting from this? What kind of ahas? This week, I want to invite you to do something like crazy. I'm going to give out prizes to people who do the homework. I'm about to tell you what that is. Um, usually, I give away at the end of the week for every time you do your post, like you post your homework, and I'll explain how to do that in a second. Um, I, I pick some people, and every time you post your homework, you get an entry into a drawing. And then I pick some people, and I give out Amazon gift cards just to kind of give you a little extra motivation. Check it out. I even had to write this down because it's such good news. Um, this time on this challenge, if you'll do your homework, every time you, do, you post your homework for us to see, and I will comment on every one of them, I promise you. Me or Tina, we will be in there and seeing it and answering questions and everything. Um, not only do you get an entry into these, these drawings, but if you'll post a little live video after we get off here, it's just saying, here's my takeaway. You know, just hit your, you know, uh, under in the comments here, you in the group, you can go live and you can just go, Hey, I'm going to go live and uh, post, you know, like a little video and say, hey, this is my takeaway. Wow. You get three entries. Yeah. Okay. I, I really want to, I want to be together this week. I want to, I want to use the technology. So three entries into these drawings for a live post, one for posting your homework, but it's not just, it's not just uh Amazon gift cards I'm giving away. Uh, this, this At the end of the week, okay, I'm going to be giving away signed copies of my book, Bigger Gospel. So I'm going to mail them out to you. 
Okay. Uh, I'll probably be giving out some audiobooks as well. Um, I'm going to give away special time with me. Yep. Like some like live training. I'm not joking. Okay. And Amazon gift cards. Okay. So I am really trying to help you really want to do this. Not hopefully the motivation for discipleship taking root deeper in your own life in everyday ways and with others is plenty. But I know I like prizes. <laughs> I like getting stuff. And I love, I love that you're here with me and I love that you're doing this. And so praise God and thank you. <laughs> but that'll that'll happen. Okay. So um and by the way, please share this out if you haven't yet. Go ahead and hit share. Just say, wow, I'm loving this and invite people to join you. Again, you can give them the link. If they want to still register because that way I'll send them reminders. EverydayDisciple.com forward slash challenge, right? Awesome. Okay, so um, let's, let me go back to some screen share. I'm going to give you a little recap and then I'm going to give you your homework, okay? So what did we learn today? We learned that Jesus taught and modeled discipleship that preceded people becoming Christians. I mean, did Jesus disciple Christians who had already invited them into his heart? No, never happened. He invited them to come and be with me, walk with him in the ways for three years. And at his ascension in Matthew 28, it says, and some of the 11 that were still alive did not believe. Some of them still didn't believe. Yeah, crazy, right? Discipleship and evangelism are not two separate things when done correctly. They're connected. We also learned that discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in the gospel in every area of your life. And we also learned discipleship must and can take place in all of everyday life together. If discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in every area of life, then it can't just take place sitting in seats. It's going to have to take place in everyday life as we eat and look at our budgets and parent our kids and live and fight and forgive and serve and hang out and party and have fun and all of that, right? That's big. <laughs> That's big. Okay. Now, um, I, I want to uh, explain what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Okay. And then I'm going to give you your homework. Listen, tomorrow I'm going to share with you the first time that we tried starting uh, from within our existing church, a community that would really live this way live on mission, live more like a family, help people move from unbelief to belief in all the rhythms of everyday life together, it didn't go very well. <laughs> I'm kind of sad to say, all right? I'm going to share that story with you tomorrow, okay, and how it went, because this isn't all just like, woo, you know, all super easy peasy. But, but yeah, you got to start somewhere, and we, we started trying, and it didn't go super well, okay? So, so um, here's the homework for tomorrow, okay? I'm going to post... Just after we get off here, within a few minutes, I'm going to post a little post with this image right there, and, um, and I'll remind you of what the homework is, and then you post your answers. You post your answers, and that's an entry, or you post a live video telling me your takeaways and like your ahas from today, and that's three entries into the giveaway. <laughs> Powerful, right? Okay, so here's the homework for today. I want you to answer these questions, and you can be honest. Have you ever been fully discipled in a way that the gospel was applied to unbelief in every area of your life with others? Yes or no? Did someone walk with you? Did you walk with a community of people? I'm not talking about just in a book. I'm talking about where the gospel was applied to unbelief in, you know, every area of life. Now, don't get hung up on the word every. Sometimes when I've asked this, people are like, well, every single area of life, you know, you know what I'm saying. 
Is this how you were discipled? Where the gospel was applied from unbelief to belief, helped you move, it was applied to every area of life. Yes or no? Okay. And then two, what has been the biggest barrier for you of making disciples of Jesus in everyday life, you know, like a lifestyle? What's been the biggest barrier for you personally so far? Just be honest. We probably have some things in common. And why? So what's it been and why? All right. Now, I have a little homework download sheet that'll help you, and you can use it like a little workbook sheet, you know, and you can download it if you go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash day one. All right? If you go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash day one. And go to that post, right? It'll look like this. Don't post it here. I won't see it here, right? Post it under the homework slide. You got it? Like there's going to be a homework post. Hey, here's your homework, and I'll list all this stuff out again. Post your answers there. And, but here in this post that we're in right now, this is where you could also give your like, aha, your takeaway live videos. All right? You could also put the, the, the takeaway live videos in the homework post as well. Either way is good with me. Okay, that's a lot of fun. That was a really cool session to do. And I, I, I wish you could see the responses and how many people were on live and posting questions and comments and kind of getting little epiphanies and all that, right? Um, I want to, you know, just remind you, um, if, if this is like, oh, I didn't even know about this, you can still sign up for this and, and I'll be giving you all the replays and you can see the videos because I'm walking through all the slides and everything, right? You can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash challenge. You could still register. It's not too late. And those replay videos will be up for just a few more days. So you won't want to wait around, right? You'll want to watch those right away. And, uh, and just a reminder too, if you do the homework, you get entered in to win some prizes, those prizes I mentioned. And if you post a live response, like, hey, this is my takeaway in the group, then you get like two or three entries, right? You get, I think it's three entries into win. So you get, you know, I'm just trying to make this fun and help people stay engaged and all. So anyway, there you go. Uh, stay tuned and I will see you back here tomorrow with part two of the Everyday Disciple Challenge Scattered Church Edition. Take care. By the way, too, you know, there again, you probably heard this if you've made it this far in the audio today, but tomorrow I'm going to share the rest of that story of how when we started trying to live this way and make disciples in community, it didn't go so well. And I'll tell you how, how and why that was. And we're going to also be talking uh, on day two about our gospel foundation, our gospel identity, which is the foundation of everything we do in making disciples of Jesus. All right. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day. 